folks. XQ quality, better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except for extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. Welcome to episode 176 of Channel Massive. I'm Noah, and also there is... Me, Mark. <laughs> He's the uninitiated. Give, give me the hug. Can I have a hug? With all the well, news that's going on this week, I think we will need a hug. Yeah, I think so. It's kind of surprising. So a lot to... Did you, did you take advantage of any of the sales or... Special offers that happened during the Thanksgiving weekend? I don't know if I would say I took advantage of or was taken advantage of (laughs) by those sales, but I did participate in some of them, yes. Darn them. You know, I I kind of, I I don't think there were as many good deals. Like Amazon didn't have a lot of games, but I didn't have many games that I was interested in. And just in general, I didn't see a lot of stuff that, I was looking for. for oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't quite as epic as other um, holidays. So I got some stuff, but it didn't. I'm not totally broke. Did you. um, Made my mortgage payment. (laughs) Did you have a good Thanksgiving holiday otherwise? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was really nice. Um, It was uh, it was relaxing and and good food and all that. How about you? Yeah, I had a good time. I spent a lot of time playing games with my parents, so that's oh, cool. fun. Yeah. There's a lot of food and family things going on, you know, just for the sake of it being traditional. But it's still really good. Did you school the school the parents in how to play the games? <laughs> I was really excited because I almost got my mom to learn a new type of gameplay control, like a very fundamental one. But oh, cool. I'll save that for... When we get into what we're playing, oh, okay. what we have been playing, yep, that'll be the next segment. Then also we'll have listener. We have listener email, very uh, non sequitur. At least listener email. Yeah, we'll get into, and then we're gonna have another news whirlwind because there's yeah. just so much cool stuff to talk about, and we just decided we're gonna talk about all of it. Newsapalooza. I mean, there's just like no end to the things that popped up this week to talk about. So we will try and do our best to to cover some vast, expansive ground <laughs> as far yeah, as we're going to talk goes. everything from what? Let's see, Old Republic to yeah. the end of video games to what about the next Xbox and piracy and, yeah. And how yeah. you can spend $1,000 on an HDMI cable at Best Buy. You really feel a lot better about yourself. Well, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's compensating. <laughs> Yeah, so listeners, if you like the show, let us know. Or if you don't like it, tell us as well with a five-star review over on iTunes. And also send in any emails or leave comments on the website. But the emails can go to mail M-A-I-L. at channelmassive.com. We love to hear from you. You are what keeps us going. You're the wind beneath our wings. Cold winter. The blizzard that fell upon Colorado yesterday. 
we survived it because we knew we had Channel Master to record. Yep. Now we will resort to cannibalism. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> yes. Someone to hold me tight would be very nice. Someone to love This episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Service. When you order Ventrilo hosting from UGT, you get all of the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee, you'd be crazy not to check them out. Head to ugt-servers.com for all of your Ventrilo hosting needs. So this is the favorite part of the show for me, <laughs> where I sneak attack one of my co-hosts and by asking them uh, what they've been playing for the week. There's a lot of, however, a lot of co-hosts to choose between. <laughs> yes. However, since this is a duo show, it kind of limits the, the surprise factor. Field. <laughs> yeah. So the only thing I have left, the last trick up my sleeve, is to start with myself. Therefore, I should <laughs> Um, (laughs) so mark what have you been playing well i'm glad you asked me mark i have been playing uh skyrim of course because it is the most epic of epic games and we'll talk about a really good review it got from a very very difficult to please if you're a western title uh review board of sorts um but i've been enjoying it quite a bit i'm not playing it as manically as some folks that i know um, one guy I know has killed like 17 dragons already and had done that like the first week. Um, so, you know, um, but I'm enjoying it. I'm going really slow, smelling the roses, so to speak, enjoying it. I consider it my barbarian simulator. So <laughs> it's uh, really something really, really well done. Uh, you know. let's, let's keep it tally. As long as one. <laughs> Just one. Just one. Yeah. Uh. I'm really smelling those roses, I guess. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I really am I'm really enjoying it. I'm shocked and amazed. Um so I'm I'm, I'm playing that and I'm still back on my darn um uh iPhone game, uh, Tower Defense Lost Earth. So are you I've, playing on hard difficulty still or what? Yeah, I'm playing on hard difficulty and I'm and I can pass the maps in hard mode, but it's passing the maps without losing any lives. So you get the super duper duper achievement for it. I'm doing it that way, and um, it's taken me three weeks to get to where I can survive a map, let alone get away with uh, no lives lost. So I'm still working on that with this one map. It's really hard. So doing that um, for my mobile playing, as you will, and then uh, uh, I've gotten back into League of Legends, and I'm. Um, it's really funny. I. I changed my background to Kale, which is this kind of winged Valkyrie character. And I was like, you know, I ought to really learn how to play her because I have always thought her art design was real. Well, I thought it was kind of cool, and then they redid her, and I thought it was cooler still. And yeah. so I've been playing her, and um, I really like what she does, which is she hunts down and kills people really effectively. <laughs> with righteous and justice. She, with Yeah, and she can also save your um companions with a little uh, speed up and a little bit of health you know she can she can really kind of change um uh a battle she's really kind of um, like a paladin character would you say she is a lot like a paladin you know a fiery one a fiery angelly one fiery and yeah and the fire thing is really cool because the build i have has her mostly 
on fire all the time with the the flaming halo and stuff, Sweet. which is just a cool aesthetic to see her just glide. And I ha- and I have her moving really fast, though, so she's just this like you know winged flaming angel of death with this <laughs> with this halo of fire and a fire sword and just flames all around her. And I really kind of dig it. So That's I'm awesome. uh, I've been playing her quite a bit. And um, I tried the new character out. Uh, uh, what's he called? Um, Volibear. Oh, Volibear. Oh. And uh, he is so overpowered. I've not ever played a character where I've I've played somewhere I've thought this might need a little tweaking, <laughs> but <laughs> he is so out of control, overpowered. It is just ridiculous. Well, it's I, like Ryan. Or you remember who we had on the show the other week? Yeah, the, world, the, the competitive gaming guy. He's all about League of Legends now. He finally reached level thirty, oh, and cool. he was talking about Volibear with me this morning. And he's like, "Gosh, that character is just so OP because he can be both DPS and a tank and a jungler. Yeah. Oh my god, most yeah. Champions in the game, they're one of those things and maybe half of any one other thing, not three full roles. And I dare say he could almost be an assassin too because he's got this ability where he runs in and attacks you. Throws you up in the air, then the next ability you have fears the champion and makes him run slow, and then the next ability you have, depending on how much health you've got because you've been building up yourself as a tank or a you know a melee character, does all kinds of damage to them. And by the time the cooldown's done for that, you're back to the one that chases them down, flips them up in the air, you know, rinse and repeat. And that's not even getting into the ultimate, which is like this thing that spews out lightning bolts and does all this damage. So yeah, like chain lightning. Yeah, it's, it's like it's yeah, it's like the the shaman from uh uh World of uh, or Warcraft 3 and World of Warcraft and stuff. So it's it's really fun to play him, but you feel kind of dirty doing it, you know? It's like, <laughs> kind of like Zinjao. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He will surely be the next Zinjao. Yeah. Easy button exactly. champion. Exactly. The one that the little kids play and, and taunt you with broken English, and then when you correct their English, somebody yells at you, it's just 12. Well, then you should quit using that bad word he's using before somebody calls his mom, you know? So <laughs> Anyway, um, been playing a lot of League of Legends, trying to kind of get back on the horse and uh, enjoying it quite a bit. So, Oh, and I did play uh, some of the uh, Tor beta. But at this point, I, I, because I get my character characters wiped every week um i really have seen enough to know exactly what i'm going to do when it starts so i'm uh, just really kind of waiting for the early uh start um to to happen and i've worked to establish a guild um it's called channel oh what is it called it's it's like um the channel massive guild i, I put an article up on our uh, our website about it and um would love to have people sign up so we can get everything going so that when the game starts if you're all in the same guild It'll automatically assign you to the right servers and everything. So that's it'd cool. be really yeah. But don't you all? Can you make dark side and light side in the same guild? No, no, no. And no. what's really cool is you can choose rival guilds. So I chose the uh, oh, what's that guild called? Casualties or Casual Ties, which is a bunch of bloggers, MMO bloggers, many of who have been victimized by our blog hysteria in the past. <laughs> I chose them as a rival guild. So that's um, excellent, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> But we can have like three allies and three rivals, and I, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not. They definitely need to be on the list. Yeah, I went ahead and did that, so it should be fun. I'm a member of that guild as well, but I don't talk about it. I mostly I just uh, well, what I like to do is you know gather intelligence and then you know misuse (laughs) it. 
Um, anyway, that's that's been my uh, my week in gaming. Nice. That's quite the hearty, meaty week in gaming. Yeah, it was a lot of good good time. I also played that. Uh, <laughs> I also played some uh, more Rocksmith too. And actually oh, whipped man. it out for Thanksgiving and um, subjected people to it, which was fun. Because if you think you're good at rock band or guitar hero, it's like a whap upside the head. <laughs> so that was kind of fun to witness. Wow. Did uh, Jim try it? No, no. Uh, just some friends tried it. Um, That's my... a shame. I yeah. want to see what music game elitist Jim has to say about it. <laughs> He'd probably dig on it. I bet he'd like it. Because it's got a lot of good indie rock and, and stuff. I think there's a sound. And it's gar- a real guitar. It's Yeah, totally. So, kind of cool. Anyway, what'd you play? Surprise! Oh, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were finished. Here's <laughs> me. I found you unprepared. <laughs> okay, so as I mentioned, I played a bunch of games with my parents. Primarily what I played was Portal 2 which I, it was my first time playing it. I waited and waited and waited to play it and finally got the game. And I'm like, you know what? I think my mom would really think this game is cool. And so we put it on our Alienware computer, probably the first legitimate game that has been installed on that computer <laughs> the last uh, year and a half. Did it usurp the dominance that Farmville has held for <laughs> countless yeah. millennium? You know, thank goodness my mom hasn't played Farmville in like four months or something like that. So I'm glad that. That's no longer gone. She has probably like, I don't know, 50 big fish games on her computer. Oh, All God. of the hidden object variety. So I'm not sure if that's a step up or just a sidestep to the right or the left. Right. So, like, let's play Portal 2. I'm yeah. like, here, you play it. And I'm like, this is so cool because she's never mastered, unlike my dad, the whole mechanics of WASD movement along with mouse for aiming, which, right. you know, it's basic first-person shooter controls. And she was doing pretty good, but the learning curve... I guess for Portal 2, it's it's a little bit steeper. It, it seems like it really depends on you having already played the first one, because it, the, the learn they walk you through concepts and introduce stuff like fall down a cliff into a portal so that you launch yourself out of another portal really fast. That's as I recall, that was kind of later in the first Portal game, but in the second Portal game, it's like the third level you're doing something like that so oh, it really gosh. speeds you along did you play through the game i can't remember uh not portal 2 just portal 1 i i totally loved but portal 2 i started playing it and i i was i don't know i got distracted by some other game oh my gosh you have to play it i i've gotten past there's like some big twists and and surprise things in it that i really didn't expect and it was just like wow i knew that it was a much longer game and I've certainly right. played enough of it. I've, I've surpassed the length of the first game, but it's like after you get past the point, it's just like you go places that you never really would have thought the game would go. And it's still just so funny and so well-written and so well-voice-acted. You have to play it! Oh, my gosh! Yeah, so what happened is we started out, my mom was playing it, and then we started taking turns, and then it got to a point where she's like, I'm just going to watch, because it started to seem too complicated to her. But she just really wanted to keep watching it because it's just so funny. The things that Glado says, especially, they're so insulting and, and rude. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. That's... And so I, I just played that, and I can't recall. I did get a chance to play a little bit of League of Legends, and I haven't played it since. I think I played it after we recorded the last episode, and that was pretty cool. 
I've really been wanting to play it. Word probably got out that I was playing Kale, so you're probably a little afraid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kale is, Scott would say. Yeah, I really want to see the new Gangplank character model. Oh, yeah. is the pirate champion in the game, if you don't play the game, listeners. Uh, For, I think, only three other characters, Riot Games has gone in and just totally redone the main character art, totally redone the character models, and Gangplank had a particularly atrocious case of what I would call marijuana leaf chest hair. It's like his jacket and his character art was really? unbuttoned and it looked like he had you, marijuana leaf chest you hair. Did, you didn't find that to be attractive? Cause you know, I mean, yeah. he flaunted it, man. He, I mean, he really worked it. He worked he, it. He was, he was putting it out there. You know, it was tempting it was, people to, to rub the marijuana leaf chest hair. <laughs> it was almost as, as attractive as that Ebersol guy for the UFC that did the up oh, arrow the manscaping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> close but not not it quite. is it is kind of manscaping like well apparently that's gone and there's new yeah that's model. thank you thank which you is a relief so much riot yeah and in addition to that i played a whole bunch more of uncharted 2 recently determined oh. to get to the end of that game it's just as much fun as the first game I, I tell you you have to get over a pretty brutal hump in the first game once you just accept the faults of the game series it's like this is a lot of fun it's just like a really crazy indiana jones movie that is and cool it's better than tomb raider ever was as far as i'm concerned but yeah. you know some people have favorites but for me uncharted is favorite so hope to get that done and get into the third one just blazing through it and i think other than that oh yeah i got a 3ds that was the last thing because it had a oh. really good sale last week and i just got super mario 3d land on it and it's it's satisfactory. I like it. I can't say I'm nearly as pumped up about that as League of Legends or Uncharted, but I'm enjoying it. Now your coworkers have reported that you now have crossed eyes from playing it. Is that true? <laughs> Confirm or deny? It just kind of drips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what I have for my gaming palette. I wish that I had more to talk about, but I've got so much crap going on right now. So yeah soon it will be back to normal maybe just the seasons christmas yeah exactly that is so true this week's non sequitur listener feedback comes from adam who you may recall from previous week wrote an email in and had a question at the end which was a kind of a, a choice between two worst case scenarios to me um, yeah. He's followed it up with yet another one, which leaves us both kind of scratching our heads. Um, the question is, would you rather have eyes that only look up or a right hand that doesn't work unless you're screaming? Um, so that's your choice. Which would you prefer? I would choose the eyes thing because you can work around that. You can move your head because you have a neck. Now, if you didn't have a right. neck or if you were to neck collar, right. neck brace, that would suck. But the whole right hand screaming thing is not worth it. Yeah, I I would rather my eyes be fully mobile, so I would rather just scream a lot whenever I needed to use my right hand and hope that over time I could develop a way to disguise <laughs> my screaming, perhaps by playing a really great guitar riff with, you know, my right hand, picking the notes with to a very loud amp, so it wouldn't matter that I was screaming or something. Or you and, could put like a uh What's it called? A gag on yourself. That's true. Yeah. So I could be screaming, but nobody would really know. Nobody really hear it. A ball gag. 
<laughs> or I could just go to really loud places all the time. A ball gag. <laughs> I just envisioned that scene from Pulp Fiction, damn you. Um, but, um, <laughs> that's, 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 that's our take on it. Um, and that's all the listener feedback we have for this week. But if anyone would like to, uh, comment on that or write in with, uh, thoughts or comments around this podcast, previous podcasts, or just anything else going on in the gaming world that concerns you or that you would like to give voice to, please feel free to write in to mail. M-A-I-L at channelmassive.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or, uh, you know, those are probably your best bets. But <laughs> if you feel like, you know, being really, uh, if, if you feel like just really writing a bunch of stuff, just go over to iTunes, give us five stars, and then tell us how much you love us or hate us. And the, the number of stars determines how well we'll pay attention. So, um, yeah, but we, we could go for some more feedback for next week. Yeah, Coming up. Yeah. I believe we have a news blitzkrieg to unleash upon yes. an unsuspecting population. <laughs> the blimps are hovering overhead. Really yes, even now, that is correct. <laughs> Powered with hydrogen, because that's how the Germans would do it. That's right. Not if the you try to take day. us down, we're going to take you down. Not current-day Germans, but the Germans of old. That well, just yeah, didn't yeah. current-day Ger- Germans. I, I have many that I like. Yeah, me too. And I don't think they'd use hydrogen based Probably on not. that that one time that things didn't go so well. <laughs> that one time at band camp. <laughs> yeah, at band camp. <laughs> I said, see those blimps? I do. I do see the blimps. <laughs> so, listeners, you may remember... Actually, let me start over. Fans, you may remember a few weeks ago we had a... News Whirlwind episode. This oh, one dwarfs that. This is a tsunami. Yes. This is like, this is to that what the storm on Jupiter is to Hurricane Ivan. <laughs> Very well said. Very well said. So we're not going to, we're going to group stories where we think they should belong, but we're not going to really give you an order. Just tell you, so, tell you to strap yourselves in and... Be ready for anything to happen. To fly. <laughs> to fly yeah. at your face. <laughs> Remember, your, your safe word is massive. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so first up, you might have seen this on the internet, or if you haven't, let us introduce you to the AudioQuest 3.3-foot high-speed HDMI cable available in dark gray and black on BestBuy.com. Has you forgot ready. that it says AudioQuest Diamond 3. Oh, that's unit. right. That's right. It is the, the Diamond. diamond. 3.3 yes. cable. There's no description. Wait, hold on. Maybe there is. The oh, yeah. This HDMI cable features a dielectric bias system that reduces distortion and 100% perfect surface silver conductors for improved signal clarity. The direct silver-plated HDMI connectors provide a simple connection and durability. I don't know where the Diamond part comes in. Other than the price, this cable is $1,095.99. Yes. For three feet, three feet of power. Three feet of, I don't even know what the, I can't even come up with a colorful adjective for it. Well, it's kind of weird. I, I think when I last checked this, there were only 15 reviews, but now there's 30 and they're all five stars. 
Yeah, well, it's there. It's growing in in um, popularity because the reviews are all so sarcastic that almost any one of these people could come and join our podcast and fit in so well. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm reading it and it's like, this is like a support group for the way I think, because these people have written these stunning stellar reviews that are so dripping with sarcasm that, well, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's incredible. Um, I don't know. Did you have a favorite one, Noah, that you, that you liked or? There is one that I wanted to find. I'm trying, I'm trying to scan for it. It might be near the beginning because it looks like some people got really carried away running new reviews. Yeah. And this, but there was one about where it's like the family has no money left for Christmas and oh, right, shoes right. or food, but they decided to use their last uh, credit card on buying this and that it changed yeah. their lives and that they're going to be able to watch movies in superior format while starving in the dark. <laughs> it's one of my favorites is by uh, Siffy D who writes, I've been using the same Toshiba VCR for 20 years now, and I can't believe I waited this long to experience its full capabilities. Now, <laughs> since I hooked it up with the AudioQuest Diamond 3.3 foot high speed HDMI cable, VHS tapes are instantly processed into HD through the magic of this cable. All the static fuzziness and lines have disappeared. I can even access the special features on my Porky's 3 tape. I heard they were raunchy, but wow! <laughs> and now I have instantaneous rewind at the press of a button. No more waiting for the tapes to rewind, or worse, forgetting to rewind them and incurring fees from the local video store. Best purchase I've made. And what he says, what's great about it? VHS and 3D HD. What's not so great? A raccoon could through, could chew through this pretty easily. <laughs> so, um, it's funny too because the review ha, reviews all have a was this review helpful or not, and he got forty four thumbs up for that one. So, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's some of the writers on here are just so freaking hilarious that we definitely recommend you go and search for it. It is the diamond. AudioQuest Diamond 3.3 foot, a high-speed HDMI cable, dark gray and black. You can add it to your cart now. I wonder if I have enough rewards points to just get it from Best Buy. That'd be cool. <laughs> we could, like, have an unboxing ceremony, and then we could, like, find out it's too short to actually reach from my computer to my monitor, and I'll be all pissed off and, like, throw a fit. That'd be cool. We could film it all for posterity. But we have other news to cover in our Yeah, after tsunami. we move on from that utopian vision, yes. we will move into the potential success of Star Wars The Old Republic. Previously, the Activision Blizzard and EA people have exchanged words on Call of Duty, the Activision series, versus Battlefield. And EA actually said, made a quote, the EA executive said that they hoped that Call of Duty would, quote, rot from the core. And Activision Blizzard's response to that was like, come on, let's just be civil. And then EA responded, mocking them, saying, put your big points, big boy pants on, essentially. Yeah. Which was really kind of shocking. And now it seems that Activision is going to go on the offensive. CEO Bobby Kotick has gone out and said, you know, that's great that they've got their little... MMO coming out, but I doubt they're going to make much money because they're licensing the Star Wars name and they are going to, this 
any type of game that uses the Star Wars license is always skewed to give all the revenues to LucasArts. We've done it because Activision has published the Force Unleashed games as well as many other ones. And it was kind of interesting that they were going out and putting this out there. And it turns out in subsequent stories that, yeah, there is a royalty cut, but it's only about a 35% is going to go to LucasArts. When you say only, I'm just like, holy shit. (laughs) But again, that's 35% of their cut, right? So after distribution and all that publishing, right, that's what, that's 35% of what, um, they get not 35% of the full, you know, list price, right? But still, it's like, wow, what a, what a, what a force, pardon the pun, uh, of, uh, of like good marketing to come up with an IP that is so valuable that people would actually, you know, give away more than a third of it, um, just to be able to use the storyline and the characters and the setting from, you know, some movies. I mean, that's pretty insane. And what I kind of liked is what some analysts followed up with some estimates. For instance, Michael Pachter, infamous everywhere, omnipresent, he said, my best guess is that the game will attract 1.5 million subscribers, paying around $15 a month, so EA should generate around $270 million in revenue. If LucasArts gets 35%, and if EA incurs around 35% operating expense, EA makes 30% or around $80 million per year. That's not yeah, bad. that's not hurting, is it really? Yeah, and Jesse Dipnich over at e- EDAR predicts that the game could draw as many as three million subscribers by next June, which is wow. even more than what Mr. Pactor had predicted. And I really like the point that he said, Mr. Divnich said about Kotick. He said Kotick's comments are valid in the sense that licensors do take a piece of the pie and is an economical hurdle that entertainment has been struggling with for years. In the same respect, how successful would EA's MMO be without the Star Wars brand? Hmm. I think that's so true. I mean, I think it's a willing sacrifice to lose that much money to to get something out the door because you've seen what we've seen what's happened with Warhammer. Yeah. Also from EA, published by EA and consuming games workshop into a dark dark whirlpool <laughs> yeah and we've seen we've also seen what games with you know uh original ips have done um world of warcraft being one of them <laughs> you know i mean it's yeah it's and i a good ip doesn't guarantee anything and you know we've we covered last week the uh sad tale of all the the uh, games trying to cash in on the game of thrones phenomenon and um yeah that, it's not uh, really guaranteeing indeed. success. So, uh, however, I believe this game does stand on its own, and it is good, and I think it will be successful. Is the freaking NDA off yet? Yeah, or at least it was expanded. Oh, because I want to voice my critiques. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't, now is not that time. Damn but it! It's a good point. Because <laughs> I don't think it's. I think it's good. It's definitely a great game, but there are some significant issues with the basic gameplay that really irritate me in that game. You were unable to name your main character Noah? First of all. <laughs> but if there's still an NBA around, then I'm not going to say anything. Although I thought okay. that it was dropped. But listeners, if you know that for sure the NDA is not around, then let me know. And then I'll just complain about it on the show. My my anchor, my my, my dark side will come out. Yes, I sense much fear in you. 
Yes, there's a lot of fear. And speaking of fear, Mr. Richard Garriott, spaceman nah. extraordinaire, he has some fear, or at least predictions that we should have fear for game consoles. He says that in the future, they are fundamentally doomed. Game consoles are fundamentally doomed. He doesn't even believe we may even get one more generation of consoles. He's like, we might get one more generation, but I'd be surprised if we did. And if we do, that's going to be the last one because basically everybody is buying games on smartphones and tablets. Oh God, where do you begin with your own commentary on this one? Right. It's like, well, especially he's started his own little company to make social networking games like bad or yeah. Is he, is he the one that made badass poker? I can't remember who it was. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Some kind of ass poker. Um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Wow. When you say that with a slightly different inflection, it sounds really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's some kind of ass poker, but, uh, but anyway, um, he did make some kind of ass poker game and, uh, he, um, he does totally seem to believe that these smartphones and tablets and stuff are the future, future of gaming. But I, I kind of, I kind of would disagree with him pretty strongly there. I, I, you know, the gamers I talk to just casually at work who are like, you know, a lot of them are pretty heavy duty gamers. They are so wrapped up in consoles. I mean, I, I'm a minority as a PC gamer, but I'm definitely not a minority as a PC gamer to um, tablet gamers or smartphone gamers. I mean, those platforms are still severely limited in what they can do. And sure, they're going to get better and better, but they're also going to consume more power. So there's going to, you know, there's a there's a there's limit a to what. To be made, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think later we're going to talk about the uh, the uh, wonderful, exciting new um, uh, what is it the 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 new the new PSP that that we have to buy or we're, else we're not really gaming. Yeah, that's actually the a very next story. Yeah, yeah, it's like that thing is gonna not. It's gonna have limited battery life. I mean, it's like the more you try to make a console out of a out of a very small handheld gaming unit, when you make those. Um, sacrifices. Sorry for the performance and for the graphics and everything. It's like you 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 can't really achieve that. And so to say that it's just fundamentally doomed, I I say bullshit. I think consoles have a definite future. I think PC gaming has a definite future, and I think that mobile gaming has a future, but it has not yet even scratched the surface. I mean, it's I I can count on my um well on two hands now. The actual good games for that platform, but <coughs> excuse me. But when you think about all the games for consoles and PC gaming and everything like that, even casual games, you know, there's there's a big difference there. So I I don't know what he's. I think he's just trying to market his own company there. Yeah, I don't know. I, even if there were a change in the console market, like let's say the whole on live thing became the dominant form, there's still some kind of console out there i don't know what exactly he's foreseen i think he's foreseen like the complete collapse there will be no dedicated machines streaming or otherwise and everybody's going to just game on their mobile phones and it, or they're going to stream from their mobile phones to the tvs which just seems that sounds like science fiction no actually i can see that happening in the future but like you said there's always going to be market even if it's a small niche market there's going to be a market for that and 
Sony did want to remind people who like using smartphones for gaming that if you actually care about gaming, you'll buy a Vita. The headline over on Industry Gamers, it's so hilarious. It says, so, and this is totally taking something out of context, and that's why I initially gravitated towards it, and it seems that Industry industry Gamers specializes in uh, sensationalist headlines. But it says, Sony urges gamers to buy Vita if, quote, they care about gaming. Now, this is taken a bit out of context. When you hear the whole quote, it makes a little bit more sense. The quote comes from Sony Worldwide Studios European European Senior VP Michael Denny. I tell you what, Sony, the Sony European folks and even the Nintendo European folks love to make headline stating headline grabbing yeah. statements. But what Mr. Denny said was, "We have to acknowledge that we're coming into a very competitive landscape in the portable mobile gaming market." But I think the main thing for us is that we are a true next-gen platform. We are going to truly differentiate ourselves from the competition. So people who do care about the gaming, who want a deeper, richer, more immersive experience with their gaming, are going to absolutely love this device. Hmm. And he can, he, I don't know, he also said, I'm not sure where this was in position in the order, we have to concentrate on our plans and make sure we supply the right games, the right experience, the right software, and the right social connectivity for the platform. I believe if you care about games, you're going to want to Vita. Well, that sounds like a slightly different message than the um, <laughs> the one kind of delivered with the he- sensationalistic yeah, headline. Yeah, because the, the headline suggests that handheld gaming is doomed. <laughs> right. Unless you buy a Vita, unless you show your support of buy Sony's new handheld, which is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But... It is kind of implicitly being stated, I suppose, but definitely not directly being stated. And I don't think that people need to buy PSP Vitas or, or Sony Vitas to keep the gaming industry afloat and keep real games afloat. Like you said, Mark, there will always be companies out there. I Maybe. hope so. With real controllers, not touch. Yeah. The, yeah, with HDMI outputs and, and, a, and, and, and an AC ac to dc power converter so that you don't have to run on batteries exactly Ugh. yeah that's our stance about it you can tell us if you disagree with that if you've already started building your bunker for the apocalypse of uh (laughs) console gaming we'd love to see pictures so let's get into talking about some new game development announcements first of all Dead Space, I always find this surprising when I read this, but whenever I see anything written about Dead Space, it's that the games, both of them, which are super excellent and got great reviews, haven't sold enough. And yet EA is still mustering really? on, soldiering on, trying to make the franchise gain some life. And part of the reason why EA almost canned Dead Space 3, which is in development, thank goodness, is because it didn't sell as well as Uncharted. Dead Space 2 didn't sell as well as Uncharted 2. They didn't even come out at the same time. And I'm like, how can you possibly compare a a console-selling franchise that's exclusive to one system? How can you compare that to – how can you compare your game to that and say, well, if it's not as good as that? I mean, that's like saying, I don't know, if this doesn't replace Super Mario Galaxy or whatever the number one game is in Metacritic – it's just not good enough. We're not. We better throw in the towel. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to just call it quits. We're obviously. That's a really weird thing to compare it to. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't get it. But in, in all that aside, Dead Space Three is still coming. It's supposed to take place on a snowy white planet, much like what was that game from Capcom? 
that came out at the start of the console generation that just got a sequel last year and it moved also. Lost Planet. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lost Planet. Yep. That one also took place in a snowy white planet. But anyways, that's not all that you had to look forward to with Dead Space 3. Apparently, there's also going to be a Dead Space first-person shooter getting developed as Hmm. well as potentially a spaceflight game, which could be cool. Yeah. There's been an exciting new spaceflight game come out in quite a while. And then on top of that... I often go, why... Why can't we have another Wing Commander series or something like that? Or, you know? or even X-Wing and TIE Fighter. Oh, God, yeah. So awesome. And there were there were Star Wars. Privateer, flight, yeah. Fly, uh, flying games, I think, during the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 early years. So it's And they didn't do that great, and they weren't that awesome. They're so know. fun when they're done but well. When they are, yeah. And I would love to see a return to that. Even more so than futurist racers like... Wipeout, which is another right. genre that I, I miss and I used to love back in the day. So Dead Space has some really cool giant spaceships. I'm not sure what the small spaceships would be like to fly in Dead Space, but I would look forward to that. Now, how would you feel, Mark, about multiplayer being added to Dragon Age? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I that it needs that. It's such a great RPG. You know, it's like asking the same question: Would I want multiplayer Skyrim? You know, I mean. Those those two seem to be the closest to compare. I, I don't really need that. I, but you can multi- play a dragon. Yeah, that doesn't do much for me either. I don't know. No, not too exciting to me. It could be good. I don't know either. And something that's important to take to keep in mind, listeners, with all this news related to Dead Space and Dragon Age, is that it is all currently rumor. Yeah. We'll see. Visceral, the company behind the Dead Space series, is apparently busy working on a bold new IP, which is rumored to be a Jack the Ripper game where you play Jack the Ripper and Ooh. you kill, you, you're actually killing supernatural creatures. And that would be way more cool than multiplayer Dragon Age to me. <laughs> would you prefer that to a new Dead Space game or a spin-off Dead Space game? Um, I would, not to a true Dead Space game, but maybe to a spinoff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. Listeners, let us know what you think. I don't know if you're a big fans of Dead Space series. I think it's freaking awesome and one of the best scary games out there. Yeah. I downloaded it in Fear at the same time, and I play it instead of Fear, so. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Fear's fun if you play the psychic brother, but you can't play him until you finish the game with the original brother, or unless you play co-op. Oh, I didn't know that. Brother. The Psychic Brother is so much fun to play. as much more fun than the Shooting Brother. It's still, they're both really good. I yeah. Just, yeah. When I played them, when I started going back and forth between them, I found that I instantly gravitated towards Dead Space. So something about it just hooked me. Well, on a lighter note, it looks like Obsidian is busy developing. What could it be? A <laughs> South Park role-playing game? What? Is this? This makes about as much sense to me as Bioware developing a Sonic RPG for the DS, which did happen and flopped. (laughs) I like South Park. South Park is awesome. The tower defense game on Xbox Live Arcade was really cool. And Obsidian is a great RPG developer, just like Bioware is. But I I, I don't know if I want a South Park RPG. I, I just don't know that... I mean, like, 
<coughs> excuse me, have a have a bit of a cold, so I'm coughing like crazy. But I I just don't know that I would be I would find it immersive to play a South Park RPG. I th- I think like the South Park setting is hilarious. I used to be a huge fan of the show. Um, you know, I think that um the 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 guys that do it um are hilarious and you know all the all the other projects they do their side projects are are super cool but like an rpg just seems like the wrong way to go um i think i used to have like this crazy trivia game for um the nintendo 64 or something like that it was some kind of weird south park based game and that was pretty fun oh yeah i remember that but yeah. this is just too serious. I mean, I, I, I really, I don't want like a Fallout Three set in South Park. Yeah, and it's it's it is being overseen by Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the original creators of South Park. They are working on the script and getting the voiceover work taken care of, and it's set to release in 2012. And apparently, you get to play as a new kid in town defending the town alongside the main show characters from impending threats and doom. But it could be cool, but it seems like it should be a browser-based game or a free-to-play game, not something that I'm going to spend 50 bucks on. Glad South Park's still around. It's still a great show. It's still definitely relevant. But just like the Simpsons video games, which kind of were really well done, but kind of just fizzled out, I feel like that's what this one's going to do as well. Yeah, I just can't imagine. It'll be interesting to see some, like, gameplay videos of this one. Right now, not too excited, but maybe they'll... Maybe they'll make it happen. It'd be really weird, but funny. It could, it, I don't know. Yeah. Listeners, tell us what you think if you're excited about this game. I mean, the pedigree, development pedigree, and the real, the original creators are involved, so it's got potential, but eh, I don't know. Yeah. Freaky deaky. In other news, we were talking about violent games such as Dead Space and The Old Republic, super violent. <laughs> Heads flying off everywhere. South Park, very violent, actually, that genuinely is. Oh, yeah, t- totally. <laughs> but apparently there is yet another The Dangers of Video Gaming study that has come out that measuring brain activity post uh, to, of, of people who play violent video games, people who don't, Indiana University researchers, who I think have done these kind of studies before, they find there is a lower response and th- there's lower brain activity overall if you play a lot of violent video games, including a lower response in emotional control just with one week of play. Do you think it's it's valid, Mark? No. I think it's a ridiculous study. I think the fact that the um they they're basically they're basically they're oh gosh, how do you how do you where do you even begin? Their 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 group for the research is uh, 22 males between 18 and 29 split into two groups of 11. It's exhaustive. Yeah, it's like gosh, and they and they did a two week thing, and then from that they were able to come up with their results. Although no numbers are clearly shown, like so you don't know if the difference between the two groups was one percentage point or not. You don't really know. Um, what, fortunately, though, it appears based on their exhaustive research that it is reversible by uh, after two weeks of not playing the games, they were all back on track. So at least if it's you are... It's kind of like going to the gym and not going to the gym. 
Yeah, exactly. So you'll be fine. You know, don't worry about it. Just stop playing anything violent. Stop thinking violent thoughts. Stop watching violent things happen <laughs> because around Because we know you. all of you are. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, and uh, you'll be fine. So, you know, I, I, I wouldn't I don't want to give it any more credit than it deserves. Um, you know, kind of just ridiculous. Now, something that I am kind of excited about and really intrigued to see how it will develop is the successor to Xbox 360, which is rumored to be either available in two bundles, one with a con- the next generation Connect, one without, or potentially it will be bundled with a Connect 2 no matter what. Now, what this Connect 2 is going to be able to do, since it's built into the system from the get-go, apparently it can actually read lips and it can interpret your tone of voice. It can see which position you're facing, and it can even detect what type of mood you're in. Wow. And be a much higher resolution camera, so it can do so much more. That's pretty cool. And kind of scary. I would really be intrigued to see what it could do. Uh, This is all from one story to the next, but quoting the version of it over on Industry Gamers who is reporting news from Eurogamer. A Connect 2 is in development that is so incredibly accurate that it will be able to read a player's lips. This next-gen camera will feature much more improved motion sensing and voice recognition and will come bundled with future Xbox consoles. Because the Connect 2 will have incredible sensitivity to players' faces, it will be able to sense when players are angry and determine in which direction they are facing. Additionally, the device will be able to monitor the pitch and volume of player voices and facial characteristics to measure different emotional states. Which I assume would be like... Fear. Or pissy. Hunger. <laughs> Tired. <laughs> It'd be funny to be like, your video game console tells you, maybe it's time for you to go to bed. That would be so cool for a game like Rock Band, where you're like the vocalist, and you get all done with it, and it's like, nah, I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I was just judging from your facial expressions, you were just totally not into it, your thoughts were elsewhere, you were... <laughs> It fell flat on me. That would be awesome. Wow, that's pretty cool, though, if they could pull that off. I mean, the whole bundle thing makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's – because, like, when I go to the store, it's just when I put on my, like, Joe Schmo average consumer hat. When I go to the store and I see games, but they're for the Connect, and I don't have a Connect, and then I look at what it's going to cost to get the Connect and then the game, and I'm like, oh, geez. You know, but if, like – the next gen just comes with that like kind of built in. I mean, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. The only drawback for me and Connect, the reason one of the reasons why I didn't get it when it had its great sale over the last weekend is because I don't have enough room for it. Oh. To set up the room for the Connect? Yeah, not to mention I've got this really heavy coffee table that I don't want to move out of the way right. in order to play a video game. So it's just like ah, I would really like it because when we went over to Jason's house and played it, I thought it was a lot of fun. It is fun, yeah. It's overpriced yeah. at $150. It's way overpriced. And I was like, dang it, it's only 100 bucks this weekend. But, yeah, even if it were 50 bucks, it still wouldn't work in my room. Right, right. You're just going to have to knock down your neighbor's wall and, and take over. True. I don't know if they'd like that, but it's in yeah. the name of gaming. Yeah. It's like, listen, this thing's bigger than both of us. Get out. <laughs> Embrace it. Embrace or- it. Move out. Yeah, exactly. To quote RoboCop, bitches leave. <laughs> Done deal. So what did you think about this whole story 
with Valve saying that piracy is not an issue on Steam? Well, I think it's silly to say. I mean, I mean, I think Steam is proving to be just massively successful, especially whenever they have their damn sale and I buy stuff that I know I'll never actually play, but it's for my collection. It, you know, I just was watching like a hoarder interview and I realized I'm like a digital hoarder now and that's really horrible, but that's what Steam has done to me. What's that? But nobody sees it when the, when people come right. over. Yeah. It's you can hide like, your shame. I can my shame, yeah, I look just like a normal person except for my shameful digital hoarding thanks to Steam. But I mean they're you know, they're basically saying that the reason people pirate is because um buying stuff is inconvenient because of the high prices, but if you can make it convenient somehow, um then they will go ahead and buy legitimate copies and he's also saying that DRM, you know, is really annoying and it and it um causes frustration and everything and so having a DRM free way to buy a product is fine although Steam's DRM is you have to be connected to the internet at all times to to play the games which most of us are <clears throat> but still there could be situations where that could really suck like if you were traveling to a third world country and we're really dead set on playing your Steam game you know <laughs> I don't know how that would work out but um, you know, you see that and then you, you see, uh, you know, we, you, I guess when you're putting the show notes together, you listed a statistic from the Witcher two, which is available on steam and good old games for digital download with DRM free, but it was pirated 4.5 million times and it's only had yeah. 1 million legitimate sales. And that makes you go, that is a problem, I think. And the 4.5 million times is a conservative estimate of how many times it's been pirated just by observing torrent and torrent, uh, you know, BitTorrent and things like that. Those, that is not the only way to distribute pirated software at all. So, yeah. you know, there's like people that use blogs that have, you know, uh, all these different like file uh, downloading sources, you know, where you can pay a premium for that. There's Usenet. Uh, there's obviously the BitTorrent stuff works as well. But that's a very conservative estimate of how many times their game was downloaded and installed, most likely, and played compared to how many were actually sold. And the the uh, CEO of the company that makes, um, or I guess it's CD Projekt, he was saying that that's actually, you know, pretty good odds that they got, you know, one in almost one in five paid for legitimately, which to me sounds just horrible. You know, I mean, yeah. I would I would hope that it was, you know, the other way around, you know, four fifths were legitimate or something like that. But um, yeah. Markin Markin Iwinski, that's the CEO, was, you know fairly pleased that that was the ratio. So I would say it is a problem and I disagree. I, I do think that what steam does is really cool because it does get rid of the really annoying DRM, but you know, there's another kind of DRM around it and that's not ever been a problem for me personally, but I do think piracy is a problem. It's a huge problem. Yeah. And is Witcher two available on steam? It was, I thought. Let me let me check. I will tell you in one moment. I just think that's another bit of irony in these two stories. It's just like, well, there was was there something about 
um, the availability of it on Steam. Now, now I'm now I'm confused. Let's see. <laughs> Witcher Two. Yep, it's definitely available on Steam. Well, there goes that bubble. Yep. I have, I have both of them. I think from Steam. So that's something Witcher. for Mr. Newell to consider. You know, and until I, I can't imagine a scenario where it's true that Steam solves piracy. This doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. But you know, that's I, a, I think morals solve piracy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a moral compass solves it. Um, also, it depends on where you are in your life. You know, if you have some discretionary budget that you can steer towards games versus if you, yeah. um, you know, don't yeah. have the money and you have a lot of free time and you're able to download and assemble a pirated version of the software, you know, that might take you, you know, several hours to successfully do and have it work and you're able to weather out the bugs and stuff that aren't getting instantly patched. That's That's the difference, you know. Mm-hmm. What the hell else is going on here in the wide world? Well, we are in the home stretch. We've only got four more things to touch on. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. First of all, GamePro, that was a magazine that I think I subscribed to, if not purchased. It's finally shutting down after 23 years. Both the print and the online versions of the business are going away. And the last issue is the December 2011 issue, the magazine, which is a I shame. A, I had a subscription to that for like two years. Can you believe the GamePro lasted longer than Electronic Gaming Monthly? Now, granted, EGM is back in right. a new form, but it, it went out of business, so to speak, before GamePro did, a couple of years yeah. before, which kind of surprised me. Yeah, it, it is a, it's really, it's sad to see these publications going, but... In a way, it seems, you know, almost inevitable to me. Yeah, I, when I was I, reading some comments on the website, they're like, yeah, I remember I really used to love that magazine, but I haven't purchased a magazine or subscribed to one in like five years. Yeah. Just the internet. Yeah. Although I was surprised like, that the internet, that the that the website was going down as well, and that the, what they're basically doing is they're rolling in some of the stuff into what, the PC Gamer magazine? Yeah, yeah. Which is still out there. And that's... That's the kind of the weird part about it is I I liked I had subscriptions to a lot of gaming magazines back when that's like was the best source for it before the internet started to reign supreme and people started to do podcasts and you know blogs and stuff and, and then as other mediums started to take over I just naturally gravitated towards them because they were more interactive and they were more you know they came out with more uh, frequency and I found that a lot of those magazines that had podcasts that were associated with them, like Computer Gaming World and stuff like that, I would I would tune into those and would just no longer felt like I needed to have a subscription to the magazine anymore, and as well as the websites. So it just seems like kind of a natural progression. You can you can love or hate progress, but going digital is kind of where we're headed. I don't know. I haven't read an actual real book in a long time. I've read a no, lot of books, but they're digital, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's something that I'm considering myself. I'm, I'm still in a really heady renaissance of reading printed books and would prefer to keep that, but I think it's just more economical overall to go with the e-reader. Well, there's yeah. no question that it is. I mean, it's it's a bit of an investment up front, but it pays for itself pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, well, and the other thing is um, e-readers where there's also a, um, a tie-in app for your smartphone, then you always have it with you and it's always in yeah. sync with where you are. So even if you don't have your Kindle or whatever, you can pull up the app on your phone and it's right where you left off and you've only got 30 minutes to read, but you know what? That's something, you know, that's a good, a good way to spend your time versus just sitting around waiting for the bus to come or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. it's the future and the present, but just not the past. Now as for a magazine that is still doing quite well, that's over in Japan. Famitsu is a long reigning authoritative magazine that's weekly out in Japan. It provides lots of breaking news in the Japanese game development scene and is known historically for being very strict and harsh in its review system, very seldomly giving out a perfect score in its reviews. And they do reviews in Famitsu the same way that it was done for some time, I think, in EGM, where it's a set of people and they each provide individual scores, and then the game's total score is the composite of that. So the maximum Mitsu score you can get is 40 points, and that's because four different people give the game a score of 10. So where is this all leading to? The first Western game to get a perfect score in Famitsu's entire history. I think Famitsu's been around for 30 years, at least. It is not Duke Nukem Forever. It is not Duke Nukem Forever. It is, in fact, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Wow which is, is pretty impressive, especially considering previous games that came very close. They got 39s, and Famitsu are the likes of Grand Theft Auto 4, Red Dead Redemption, L.A. Noir, Modern Warfare 2 and 3, surprisingly to me, Call of Duty huh. Black Ops, Gears of War 3, also surprising, and FIFA 12, which is a really huge series overseas because everybody likes their football soccer. Football. But, yeah, this was the first one to do it. Really, really impressive. There is a caveat to that. I think half of the perfect 40 out of 40s that have been awarded in the game's dec- in the magazine's decades-long history have been rewarded in like the last five years. No. <laughs> like that. So they've gotten a lot softer. But all mm-hmm. that said, it is still quite notable to be the first Western game to get a perfect score in Famitsu. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's incredible. Actually, well, yeah, it's the 17th title to get the perfect score. Congratulations to Bethesda, man. They they are definitely, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. It's like they are doing to RPGs this evolutionary thing where they've been getting better and better and better and kind of honing in on it. And same the same can be said for for BioWare. Um and then it's like Rockstar comes in with their stuff too, you know. It's like wow, you know, pretty impressive. Um, well, we have another little tidbit here, which I thought was interesting. The fact, well, the title is "Why You'll, you'll Never." Why? Jeez, could I possibly mangle that any worse, Noah? I could cough in the uh, middle of it. Yeah, you could do that. And talk about how I messed up my back when I fell off my roof or something. Um, 
why you'll never see HBO content on Netflix. And um, this is an article that um, Noah found on GamePolitics.com. And it's basically explaining why you're never going to see HBO content on Netflix. And it's all about the subscription. And I had wondered that myself. I was like, gosh, I, I have the Netflix subscription thing here, but I can't seem to find anything that I really want. And a lot of what I want comes from HBO. Um, you know, they're... Their uh, series are just so good, and I'm a huge fan of, like, three of them at least. And basically, they are totally committed to getting a subscription directly to the consumer, not through a middleman. Because they can charge a much higher price. Yeah. And it is a high price. I mean, it, it definitely is higher than even the entire the entire cost of Netflix per month with both options. Yeah. What do you think, Noah? I mean, you, you don't have cable by choice because you kind of think it's a rip off. What do you, what do you think of this? Um, well, not to put words in your mouth, but I mean, I've, I've guessed that. Um, what, what do you think of this? Uh, you know, them just coming out and saying it that they consider Hulu and Netflix, the competition. They do. They resent Hulu and Netflix because those people that use those services are quote unquote cord cutters, meaning yeah. they're cutting off cable so that because they can get all the TV shows they want off of the internet. And I'm like, you know what, HBO, why don't you freaking license out your content at a pretty penny like Showtime does and make your content available elsewhere? I tell you what, if uh, Showtime's shows I think are available on Netflix, but HBO isn't, which is really frustrating. Oh, yeah. Because like you, there are definitely two, at least two, sometimes I think three series that I really would like to see. And I don't want to pay 40 bucks, 30 bucks a month just for HBO because you know what? The rest of their selections, their non-original content is usually like six months stale. Oh, yeah. I don't really care about hookers in New Jersey. And um, I don't, I definitely don't like the selection of stale movies that they have available at random times. So... There's no incentive other than their original programming, and I wish that they would, you know, make HBO available just for that and not necessarily their kind of strange other options like the documentaries that they have. It'd be it'd be great if it was just the original, you know, I don't know, the stuff that they compete with the networks with at a at a less than a premium cuz the, the I'm I'm seriously considering canceling HBO right now personally. That's what my parents do. My mom will subscribe to HBO for like 3 months while True Blood is on and then cancel it. Yeah. And she's done it for like 3 years around. I'm sure it drives them nuts. <laughs> yeah. Of course, now that they've added Game of Thrones, my mom has to has an incentive to have a subscription for like 6 months now. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. she's still going to do the same thing. If the, and they're all like, "Well, we've got HBO Go and we believe after the recession passes that they're going to just that the HBO service subscription service is going to flourish because people have so much more money and they're just going to throw it at HBO. And I'm like, I don't think so. This whole cord cutting thing isn't some temporary economic uh, consequence. It's a new way of things going. That's why print magazines are going away. Like we were just talking about earlier, the internet is replacing them regardless of whether how fruitful the economy is. And if their stupid HBO goes, HBO go service, which is available to people who are existing subscribers. You can, oh, wow, you can stream the content on the Internet. Big whoop-de-doo. I would be happy if they would just offer their original content for a reduced price 
only through HBO Go. That's what I was hoping HBO Go was when I first heard about it. But no, it's not that. They still want you to pay right. 40 bucks a month. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. And the other thing that, they, that they're going to find themselves competing with uh, or against is just plain piracy, you know? Oh, so yeah. there are already several um, applications emerging that are, are in effect internet DVRs that will go out. Um, you'll, you'll put in a list of all the shows you like to watch and they will wait or they will go out and check uh, comparing to an index that lists, you know, what all the shows should be for the season. Um, they'll go out and with intelligent, um, search algorithms, find on the internet the shows that you want, gather them for you, download them for you, have them ready for you, give them a common naming convention and everything using, you know, a combination of like torrents and Usenet and different things like that. And it's like, well, if you, if you have that at your fingertips, why would I want to pay anything to anyone? Right. You know, I'm not adverse to paying a fair price, but I don't want to pay $30 a month or whatever it is so that I can watch, you know, Porky's three, you know, to steal from a previous example, yeah. just because somebody thought it'd be fun to run that at two thirty in the morning or something like that. I don't want that. I don't need that. I, I, you know, so yeah, it's kind of a, it's an interesting way to go for HBO. If they, I think they need to add a whole lot more value if they're going to say that their competition is Hulu and Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I agree. To their credit, they do have 30 million subscribers currently. Like you said, Mark, cost of cable isn't getting cheaper. It's still a huge ripoff and getting more expensive. Yeah. Absolutely. Final, and Golden Sunbeam, the <clears throat> rainbow that leads to the pot of gold, of <laughs> our news mm-hmm. stories, is that mobile games are finally getting ratings. Oh, gosh. If if this was something you were holding your breath for or stamping your feet about, at last you will be sated with the knowledge that the mobile gaming industry is banding together to provide ratings for games, ironically without um, Apple or Google involvement, which kind of rules out the iOS and Android platforms, leaving you with a big, giant question mark as to how legitimate is this and what's the value. Um, but nonetheless undaunted by the fact that everything they're doing is ridiculous the esrb and the cita are uh, announcing that they're working hard to get this pulled together so that we can have ratings to protect our children and our children's children (laughs) and so forth and so on i mean to to, in defense of the rating system i was kind of wondering like you know there's a lot of violent video games that are available on iPhone and Android Marketplace. And I'm like, why aren't there any ratings or guidelines on this, especially with so many children running around with smartphones? I'm really surprised it's taken this long for it to happen, although it is a bit of hubris on ESRB or the ESA's behalf to assume that, hey, we're putting a rating out there. People want it, so Apple and and Google, you need to put this in your systems. I, I don't know how... That'll work out. I'm sure they'll eventually win out because I don't know if Google or Apple wants to implement manpower to start rating its own libraries of millions of games and software. But it is kind of funny. They're just like, yeah, we're just going to do it. And I love Apple and Google are both like, we have absolutely no interest in pursuing this with you. Good luck and Godspeed. And it sounds kind of painful for the developer because – 
if you're going to submit your um, application to, um, you know, either Apple or Google marketplaces for iOS or for Android, um, although they don't care about this, so I guess we would say our target platform is the limited amount of applications in the um, BlackBerry, maybe? I don't know. But anyway... <laughs> Hypothetically, if this were to succeed and you were to do this as a developer, you would have to answer a questionnaire all about, you know, what's the, um, I guess it's kind of what people do for the regular video gaming industry, but you'd have to answer a questionnaire to get assigned a rating. And then I guess they'd review that and everything. But, uh, yeah, kind of silly. I, I got a kick out of one of the comments. The, the way I found this, I mean, it was posted on, um, on a, on a, on the CTIA org, and there was also another post on Network World about it, but I, I kind of hit it through Slashdot, and so I got to see the comments from the Slashdotters, which the Slashdot crowd is is really pretty, I, I find them to be pretty funny people. And uh, rated high for funny was one that the, the rating would be this, it's as addictive as Angry Birds. It'll pass the time like Bubble Breaker. It's as fun as Snake. Sorry, you can't delete this demo. <laughs> Those are the four ratings possible. So, <laughs> and that, and believe me, there's been ones I've wanted to delete furiously. So that'd be good. But anyway, that I believe that might well end our our news extravaganza for this week. Wow, that was a lot. Yeah, we covered it pretty quickly, really, in an hour. Yeah. So I mean, I knew we could do it. Always, always optimistic. Probably yeah. only as a duo. I don't believe a triumvirate would be able to pull no, this one off. No, probably not. But we still yeah. love our co-hosts. And we have a new one joining us next week. His name yeah. is Jeff. You can yep. look forward to that. He's very excited yep. to be on the show. We're excited to have him. And it yeah. looks like soon, within a month, perhaps, or two, we can have Scott from Afghanistan. Yeah, a soldier, show. a U.S. soldier from Afghanistan. Yeah. yeah, he will. He will perhaps serve as living proof that we are actually ending operations in <laughs> Afghanistan. Right? <laughs> it's like we'll be like we'll be all ready to interview him, and he'll come on with some kind of staticky connection, and he'll be like, "Yeah, I am at home." But there'll be like this terrible, like you know, three hundred fifty millisecond delay between what he's saying <laughs> says, and he'll be like, "Yes, I am exactly at home with my family." I have been, I have left Afghanistan. It is true. So, well, we'll know for sure if that's actually really happening or not with our own little litmus test. That's so, right. I'm really excited to have him on. He's a super cool uh, listener to the show. He's, uh, he's a real um, inspirational kind of guy. He had his own podcast um, with his uh, some of the guys from his uh his uh, platoon, I guess. Um, so it'll be cool to have him on. Really looking forward to it. It'll also be cool to have Jeff on too. Not to be little Jeff. If if we get into any kind of Sony um, Sony uh, trivia, I believe Jeff may well be uh, pretty damn hard to dispute. <laughs> the PlayStation guy. Yeah, listeners, if you want to challenge Jeff. With a yeah. piece of Sony trivia, send that in. Oh, that'd or, be hilarious. Yes. <laughs> or any other comments you have on this episode. Or, or just in general, if you just have general feedback. We covered so many things. There's a bajillion things you could write in about. Send that into mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. You can also leave a comment for us over the website. 
We always love to hear from you. Thank you very much for subscribing to us, continuing to listen to us, and we will be back next week. More powerful than ever. Best podcast in the world. Warcraft for ten years. If I can't play Diablo 3 soon, I might just kill myself.